Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is According to Callus. And this is going to be part three of Idols. The title is going to be Idols American Style. Now, we've kind of talked about how Eastern culture, they venerate uh, their elders. They they have shrines, that kind of thing. Western culture really skews that, right? We have the Idiot Box, also known as the TV, and a lot of people on there are kind of indirectly idols in our lives and certainly success. But what if we use a more expansive idea of what it means to be an idol? What if we actually get the brass tacks? What if we consider that maybe, in fact, we have concrete, literal idols or false gods, if you prefer, that wander the streets in America and most of Western culture, for that matter, and we willingly embrace them. We cherish the idea of them existing. We bow the knee to them, sometimes less than willingly, but nonetheless. Now, I've referenced the idea of government, right? Or even government figures being that. And that seems a little more obvious. That seems a little more crass, but at least acknowledgeable that there are certain segments of the society that venerate elected officials. They venerate judges. In fact, there's a good number of people that venerate law or lawgivers, lawmakers, and law takers for that matter. It reminds me of a quote from a song that I rather enjoyed. And I believe the author of the lyrics to that was none other than a lady by the name of Claire Wolf. Now, if you want to get some interesting reading under your belt, read what Claire Wolf has written. And I believe that's a non de plume, but several of her books are quite eye-opening and challenging. Whether or not you agree, it's not really relevant. It's just the ideas that she throws out there. But the lyric is, when criminals make the laws, anyone that fights them has a just cause. So consider that. We have criminals at all levels of government. They're the ones making the law. And then we have certain segments of our society that run around screaming Romans 13 at us, or we must obey the law, or it's not for us to judge the law, yet it's clearly obvious that the ones that are writing the laws or enforcing the laws are criminals, or at least have criminal tendencies, right? And again, these are generalizations. These are stereotypical explanations. I'm sure that your friend, neighbor, uncle, cousin, brother, dad, son, is or daughter is not that person. So let's not let's not get lost in the weeds on this. Let's just acknowledge it for what it is. Now you say, but Stephen, we don't worship those people. We don't listen to them. We don't necessarily follow their direction. Oh, but you do. Whether it's our very own governor, 
making mandates that suddenly we don't question because somebody with a title made a declaration or five people in robes make an opinion known and suddenly we treat it like it's the law of the land, that it supersedes the Constitution. That's not how that works, but we're really considering them as an idol. We're considering them as a king. And in many cultures, the king is like a mini-god, like the representative god. Much like the, and if I get this not entirely right, forgive me, I'm not Catholic, but like the concept of the vicar of Christ, the representation of Christ being in Rome, that is how many people see certain officials. But let's bring it a little bit closer to home. Let's maybe tap on those toes of our Protestant brethren, myself included. How many of you out there think of somebody like David Platt, Tim Keller, or even John Piper and think, why, they're near infallible. We must follow what they're teachings are, what their dictates are. We must shut off our discernment. We must not question them. I mean, after all, some of them have doctorates or masters in divinity, and they must certainly know more than we do. Oh, wow, they've studied on all this, and they, they know better. Clearly, we need to put them on that pedestal. We need to follow them in their direction. Never mind the fact that maybe they're contradicting 2,000 years of known Christian thought, never mind that they're mm, superseding 1,800 years of what was taught by the church or ecclesiastical law, if you prefer, never mind that they're overturning what was pretty much adjudicated out 1,500 years ago. No, no, these men know better. They understand. These are the same kinds of men that have determined that Certain roles, well, we know this is what the Bible says, but but we know better than that. Paul got this wrong. Or that was really only appropriate for that age or that time or that culture. But, but we in the West, we know better. And then we hear the examples trotted out of the, how do I want to say this? The examples trotted out are the exception to the rule, not a new rule. Now, again, if you're not a Christian, you can dismiss a lot of this. You can say, well, you you guys, you have your, your own false god, right? We have one less god if we're atheists, or we have a different god if we're not Christians. And, and that's all fine and dandy. But I'm speaking directly to the Christians who follow the teachings that are in the Bible, that try and obey the Ten Commandments, which we can't do it because we know this, right? We've all sinned. We're all short of the glory of God. And, uh, you know, the heart is deceitful above all things. So we're, we're all going to fail, myself included. I am not special. I'm not above reproach. Don't pretend to be. My failings are some legion, some subtle, and I repent and move on. So when we have these men that trot out that they've had a new thought, a new understanding and that we've been doing things wrong or we just don't understand. 
And it doesn't matter if it's somebody like right down the road, Matt Chandler, or uh, somebody in another state that had to quit his church and then go to Arizona to start another church. These men are fallible. These men make mistakes. These men oversell their understanding. They're there ostensibly or ostensibly to preach the word of God until it really becomes more about them because the temptation is there, right? They themselves are succumbing to that idol of their own life and they become the idol or the false God to many people there around them. Now the challenge is, is that We have to have some grace. We have to understand that it's just not that simple sometimes. But what am I to think when it seems like it's a concerted effort of certain evangelical leaders and they all just get on an idea or topic and they just try to sell it? And we're not supposed to question them because, you know, they have the title, they have the they have the pulpit. We're supposed to allow them to subvert historic Christianity because of some new understanding that they have that we don't. We're supposed to subvert what the biblical understanding is. We're supposed to ignore all basic teachings because this person knows better. The, The irony is, is we've always been quick to label groups that do that very thing as a cult. We've always said that if you deviate and you deviate too far, you're outside of Orthodox Christianity. You have become a cult. So what point do these men, in some cases women, Beth comes to mind, where they just decide that they know better, that they're more learned, that they have a better understanding, that we just don't quite get it. And we need to change. We need to adapt our understanding of the Bible. We need to just put their thoughts, their ideas first, because they know better. And in what sense are they not acting as a false god? In what sense are they not putting themselves up as an idol? Indeed, it's a cult of personality to some degree. Indeed, we see it all over the place. Prominent examples would be the last two presidents both Barack and Donald. That would continue on down the pike to a guy down in Houston, Dan, or perhaps up the road to the lady in South Dakota. Now, I appreciate what Christy Nome did, but by no means am I going to put her on a pedestal and worship her. But there is a place for appreciation. There is a place for rewarding people doing the right thing certainly but when we don't even realize the limitations and we don't respect those boundaries we are guilty of the very same thing so let me ask you are you guilty of perhaps putting one of these people on a pedestal maybe seeing them as knowing better I have 
no personal stake in this matter. Everybody I've named, I've never personally met. I don't wish them any harm. I don't disregard their efforts by and large. But much like an elected official, they're just there for a time. They're supposed to be serving their people. If you're a church, you're supposed to be a shepherd. You're not supposed to put yourself up as knowing better. When you're a public servant, you're just that, a servant. You're supposed to protect those people, just like a shepherd. The problem is, all too often in America, we see somebody with a fancy title, a nice pulpit, a big car, maybe even a jet. Maybe their name's on a building. And we just naturally assume that they're better than us. And they know more than us. And we need to just follow them all lockstep and not question what's being said or taught. Well, I'll tell you, there are plenty of people that are both smarter than I am and richer than I am. But that does not mean that I check my brain at the door. That does not mean that (laughs) I don't watch my own wallet. It does not mean that just because somebody else is in a better position or a higher authority than I, that I have no sense, that I have no understanding, that I have no discernment. And I'm telling you folks, we all have that. It's all there by virtue of being born as humans. Some of us are better at it than others. Some of us need improvement. Some of us have to train ourselves. Some of us just have a really good BS meter. I got to tell you, personally, I get frustrated. I get frustrated when I have conversations with people that I just assume know better, would like to think that they're on the same team, but then I hear them say things or reference people that are clearly... (laughs) Um, out of place, right? They are missing the idea of the deception that is being played upon them. Now, there are other guys out there. There are other guys out there that are trying to redefine everything away. There are other ladies out there that, you know, just reject that which has worked fine for centuries because of their so-called understanding, their reflection of God's heart. But I'll say, it is my opinion, that most of those folks are nothing more than charlatans. Most of those folks that have gone, and I believe the phrase is woke, are an issue. But they're not the only ones. I mean, even... Even people that are, let's say, on my team, and I'll use for an example, John MacArthur. I don't know the man personally. I don't know everything that he teaches, but he was lionized and held up because he finally was one of the first pastors to say, yeah, that's okay, Gov, but we're going to do our own thing. We trust God that he's going to protect us and we're going to go back to having our church services. And I was excited about that. But in no way, shape, or form does that somehow mean that he gets to just, well, rewrite the Bible or change my understanding of what's what. 
Just because they do one thing right does not mean that everything they do is right. For instance, there are several ladies that have written many, many study guides over the years. And back in the early days, um, there was a lot of women I knew that were big, big fans of them. And somewhere along the line, they decided that because they were unique, that we needed to rewrite rules to accommodate their specialness. Okay, maybe that's the case. Maybe there's, maybe there's some understanding there or some grace there or something special going on, but does that mean that you upend 1,800 years of understanding, 2,000 years worth of teaching, just because, well, I guess the phrase is snowflake, thinks that uh, they're special? I don't know. I don't think that's right. I think we're misplacing those individuals. We are putting them up on that pedestal. We are creating our very own false god, our very own idol. That is the American style, whether it's just something as simple as Michael Jordan, who, you know, greatest basketball player ever, well, except for the Kobe fans, they think Kobe is. Or whether it's um, Joe Montana, who, in my opinion, is the best quarterback ever, but pretty much everybody else would acknowledge Tom Brady is. Those people are excellent at their sport, but they're not gods, false or otherwise. They're not anything more than just very gifted athletes. And just because they tell you to use some kind of aftershave or cologne or wear this kind of t-shirt, really? Is that what something you want to base your life on? Now, if uh, either one of them were going to teach you how to pass a football or shoot a hoop by the two previous examples, okay, maybe you got something there. Maybe that would be worth your time to learn what they have to say. But life lessons from any of those four guys, not really high on my list of priorities. I mean, again, this is Idols American style, right? We have these people that are legitimately successful and we somehow assume that they're great at everything and know everything. And again, I referenced the two previous presidents. And that is our major failure, in my opinion. We have checked out our own ability to discern. We have checked out our own questioning of that which we see and hear. We've taken people that have become successful at one point or another and elevated them to a status and trust them to lead us when in fact the matter is a good number of those people don't have your best interests in mind a good number of those people in fact they don't like you and if you're wondering how how does there a how is there a local application in this what is how are you going to flip this Stephen? how are you going to talk about Something local. Well, here's here's the thing. You remember I mentioned the cult of personality, right? You know, and when you say the phrase of cult of personality, you think of that Living Color song from the 80s and you think about the people that he rattles off in the song, whether it's Stalin or whether it's uh, Kennedy, right? He, he, there's several others named in there. I, I honestly don't remember if he named uh, Che Guevara or not. Interesting Example, right? You see all these kids wearing the Che t-shirt, not realizing he was a mass murderer and would probably kill them if he was given the opportunity. But fortunately, uh, 
perhaps unfortunately for his immortal soul, but fortunately that he no longer has that ability. But again, the cult of personality, you know, this circles these people and we raise them up. We look at what happens in uh, North Korea and how they treat their leader or even China, how they treat some of their leaders and they're unquestionable. They're, they're, they're gods on earth. Right. It even goes back to the idea of Genghis Khan and Kublai Khan. Right. These are the larger than life beyond God's representative on earth. Xerxes. I mean, we do the same thing in Western culture. We just they're not necessarily conquering kings. They conquer a sport. They conquer a piece of the business world. They become billionaires. And somehow, somehow we just determine that a guy that dropped out of college to start a software company is now the one that should be determining our healthcare choices. Not sure how that works, but only in America, only in America, do we allow a guy who took part in killing his own brethren while supporting what was potentially the most evil or one of the most evil organizations to run multiple countries at once. And then made himself a billionaire and is seeking to subvert countries around the world. But we just play along. Take his word for it. Trust him. He knows what's best. We cannot and should not put these people in a position that we don't question them. These false gods, these idols, the walking, talking idols that we have in America That is where our fault is. That is where we put false trust. That is where we give the wrong priorities. That is the American style of idol worship. That is America's biggest fault. They have misplaced trust, misplaced priorities, and they just fail to understand that which our forefathers figured out that which the forefathers that we had tried to protect tried to enshrine in our own law we heard the term that the law is king lex rex right there are those that have supplanted the law with the constitution and that's all well and good The only problem is, is we have a select number of people that get to literally make stuff up and claim that that's what that written constitution says. And nobody questions it. Now, these same folks are the federal supremacists. They, they're the ones that have the false, the false God on earth. They have the idol that they worship indirectly. I mean, they're not down on their hands and knees, but they don't question. They follow along. They do as they're told. They're like little sheep. But we're not sheep. We're humans. We're Texans, or Texians if you prefer, and Americans. Now, some of us that are here weren't fortunate enough to be born in Texas. Some of us that are here weren't even fortunate enough to be born in America. But we all are humans and we all should be able to use our two eyes to see what's going on in the world around us, our two ears to listen to what's being said, and the brain that's between those things to decipher and understand what is going on. 
Your eyes may deceive you, your ears may deceive you, but your discernment can sort that which is real and that which is not. The understanding is available if only you'll take the time to do it. Do not misplace your trust. Do not put up that idol of authority. Ladies and gentlemen, that is idol. Idols, American style. <clears throat> With that, I'm going to end this episode, which is part three, which should be episode 108 of According to Callus. And I'll be back Friday without a video again because I will likely be remote. And you all have a fine evening. Thank you, and I'll see you on the other side.